Hi, welcome back to Lively Minds. I am your host, Marisol, and I am here with my co-host, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Marisol. Are you excited for today's episode? I am excited. Um, it's an episode that we've been wanting to talk about. Um, but first of all, how's your week been? Um, it's been a little not so great because Liana has been sick. So Jesus had to miss work. I've had to miss work. They don't accept babies with a fever to daycare. So I took her to the doctor today. It turns out she has a little bit of an ear infection. So praying that this medicine does its magic and she becomes my happy baby again. Do you get paid whenever you have to No, I do not get paid. You don't get like any type of PTO? I have no PTO because I'm a contractor. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of hard. It's hard on my pockets, but it's okay. We're going to be all right. Yes. But anyway, guys. How was your week, though? Oh, okay. You, you didn't ask. You asked me, and I want to hear about yours now. <laughs> I, it's been a long week. I have been really exhausted at work. Not because what I do is exhausting, but just energetically, I've been feeling very exhausted. And I am, I've also been on my period. So everybody's just getting on my nerves. Dang. I know what yes. that's like. Everybody, yes. every girl knows what that's like. Yes. And I was like, ugh, earlier this week, I was just so aggravated. My boss kind of called me out on it. He's like, why are you so sick? Are you okay? And this was before I started my period. And I wanted to be like, no, you're annoying me. Everyone's annoying me. But... Obviously, I had to be a professional, so I didn't say that. Good job. Proud of you. <laughs> yes. But guys, on today's episode, we wanted to talk about kids. Everything about kids. More specifically, Nancy and her journey with kids, but a little bit of also my journey. Not not necessarily a journey because I haven't really begun a journey, um, but really just on the topic of kids, having kids, maybe having kids. Um, but yeah, you excited? Nancy? Maybe, maybe not having kids. But yes, I am yes. excited. And I want to go ahead and dive in and go ahead and ask you, where are you with wanting children? Okay, so actually, somebody recently told me like you and Dustin should actually have a sit down conversation about if you want kids or not, because especially if you're thinking about getting married, that should be something that you have a clear answer on. But in my opinion, right now, I don't want kids. And we did have that conversation where we both don't want kids right now. And the thought of having to make a decision right now, like it breaks my heart because I can see it going both ways. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it's like, it's like choosing like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like that is a huge decision. Um, but I think as of right now, since we had that conversation, we're open to it. And it's a possibility, but not anytime soon. So the door isn't closed, but it's also not like come right on in. It's kind of like where the door is like halfway closed and it's like, huh, maybe, but we don't have to think about that right now because Destin and you are still in your 20s. Um, and now I feel like people are definitely having children at an older age. So let me ask you this. How do you feel about if you were to become a mom, um, you know, you wouldn't be such a young mom, like you wouldn't be in your early 20s. Have you ever, you know, thought about that if you are a mom, you might be like in your 30s, possibly or late, late 20s? I think whenever I was younger, I it, the, the thought of that would make me cringe just because 30 seems so old. 
you always hear that, you know, you're not going to have all this energy. You're not going to like, you know, you, you by the time that your kids are older, you're going to be way older. You know what I'm saying? And you're not like, you're going to be starting instead of like trying to settle down in life and relax, you'll be starting with kids. You know what I'm saying? And so it used to scare me, but now I like the representation of women having kids at a later age because it doesn't have to be like, oh, you're so old, you won't be able to enjoy it. I think, in my opinion, if I had had kids earlier, I don't think I would have been a good mother um, solely because I'm still growing. I want to have my shit together. I want to be the best healed person I can be. And obviously you can't be fully healed, you know, but I want to have a lot of my shit together and be a better person so that whenever I do have kids and if I do have kids, Destin and I can one, provide financially and two, I don't let out my anger or whatever it is that I have going on on my kids. And obviously it's still going to happen. But I think that whenever I was growing up, I think my mom grew up with me. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. And No, I think that makes sense. You're just saying that um, your mom was like, you know, probably healing herself and growing with you at the same time is what I'm interpreting. Yeah, like she was she was so young, you know, and even the older she got, I, I think I think now she's at a better place in her life that I think she would be a different mother to me now than she was back then. And I think that she was also a kid herself. If like I look back and even at 20, 25 years old, like you're still a kid. You still don't really know yourself. You're figuring yourself out, at least in my opinion. And I think right now I'm too selfish to put someone else before me besides my fiance Destin and my dog you know to me that's already too much you know not too much but it's already like enough like I can't I don't have space for anything else in my life right now if that makes sense like I don't want to I, I want to be selfish I want my time I want I, I want to be free I right now I don't want to I don't I don't I don't know I feel like when you become a parent you're your life is not about you anymore. It's about somebody else and, you know, sacrifices. And I'm too selfish right now to have that. I agree with everything you're saying, though, because, um, you know, our brain is not like fully developed until age 25. Like that's mm-hmm. actually when our brain is like fully developed. And I know a lot of people have kids young and, you know, there's nothing wrong with it if you can handle that. But I do think a lot of people do, you know, you know, Obviously, a lot of people have sex and then things happen and you can end up pregnant, you know, earlier than expected. And I respect I respect, you know, who I respect so much. Funny, so I respect single moms like I yeah, don't know how they do it. I you know what? Like, can we like cheers to them? Like cheers if you're a single mom and you are doing the damn thing like good for you. I admire you so much. I just feel like they don't get enough credit like for real. I 100% agree. I think that my mom, even though she has had partners throughout her life, I think my mom did a lot on her own. So I I definitely think that single mothers do not get the credit that they deserve. Because not only are you raising a child by yourself, sometimes you're also doing it financially. And that's very hard. Very hard. Because I feel like 
I would struggle to take care of my own self. Um, I know. And honestly, people that make a lot less money than Dustin and I, because we are um, a dual income household. In my mind, I'm like, everybody sold y'all are dinks. Okay, we're dinks. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I'm going to Coachella, you know, like that's expensive. But in my mind, I'm like, how do people fucking do it? You know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Um, it's just so expensive having kids. <laughs> so I want to buy what I want. I have a final question for you. Okay. Um, do you have any fear of like having a vaginal birth or a C-section or are both just as intimidating or is there one you would rather have than the other? I am honestly not intimidated by either. I would prefer a vaginal um, birth, especially because I've heard that it's healthier for the kids. I would not want a C-section just because of the scar. Um, but that's me being like very like superficial. You know, I know when you have a kid, it doesn't matter. And, you know, they're everything, whatever. But I'm not a mother no, yet. No, but everybody um, is entitled to their opinion of what they want, you know, before it happens. Because obviously when you're down in the and down and you're giving birth and then you like are not ha- happening vaginally then you'll take anything to get the baby exactly. out exactly no for sure um, for sure but this is me like pre any of that but what i will say nancy what i'm actually like thinking about that doesn't scare me um what i actually am truly truly afraid of is after given birth uh, like at when you actually have the kid I'm scared of getting, um, what is it called? Postpartum depression. Postpartum depression. That terrifies me. Like, I, I can, I'm sure I can give birth many times, but I think it's that, like, after, and I've heard so many stories of women having postpartum depression, and, like, I don't know. I, I think that if I think about it, that, like, actually terrifies me. Um, okay. Well, I feel like I just learned a lot about you right now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't imagine once like the magic of like having like a baby is gone and he's actually they're actually here and you're just like, okay, now I'm responsible for you. And then your bodies are like just went through a bunch of shit and you're like <laughs> dealing with hormones that like, you know, like you can't explain and you're depressed. And I've heard some mothers want to like sometimes kill their kids and they want to hurt themselves. And yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's all very true, and it's like never talked about, which is what I hate. I, I hate know. I hate that it's like such on the low low because it's something that should be talked about more to make people feel more normal. Because I feel like another reason that it's so like devastating is because nobody ever hears about it or talks about it, so it makes it more like if it's happening to you, you feel like an outsider, and you're like. All I see on Instagram is moms posting their babies all happy and nobody really posts about like, you know, the the hard parts. Exactly. And I think you also have to have a good support system. So like I would want like I feel like if my sister had a baby, like I would want to, you know, go over and like stay there for like a week or two just to help them out. Like I feel like that's so important, you know, to have a good support system. Okay, but anyways, I do want to get into it with you, though. I really I don't think I know anything about your story about your birth story. I don't think I really asked, so I'm sorry about that. Um, no, it's but, fine. I'm kind of excited that it'll be like freshly new news to you. Yes. Okay. So let's start off with here. Did you, have you always wanted kids? I have. Like, I remember being an 18 in high school and going, huh, maybe I should be a teacher so I can be off in the summers with my kids. Like, these are thoughts that I had like very young because I think I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. Okay. Did Jesus yeah. always want to have kids? 
no. I feel like he... I, I, let me take that back. I feel like he may have known that he wanted to have kids, but when we had kids, wasn't exactly the time that he would have wanted to have kids. Even though, Marisol, we were trying for a year and like three months before we got pregnant. That's a long so, time. Originally, we were trying to get pregnant the last few months that we were living in California because we got orders back to Georgia. So we were like, oh, yes, let's get pregnant in California, move across the country pregnant. And then once I'm pregnant, you know, my mom will be there to help me. And then once the baby's born, they can help us with the baby once she's born. And then hopefully we'll get to move to D.C., but then we'll move to D.C. with like a, a toddler. That was the plan. Okay. But the plan didn't happen. <laughs> what, what, why didn't it happen? Because we moved to, from California. I wasn't pregnant. And then we were still trying like all that summer. And then we were trying in the fall. And then right in the fall, Jesus had a training in Florida for like Arabic or something. And I remember like, first of all, I'm just going to say a little bit. That's probably going to be gross, but I'm still going to say it because I feel like nothing is ever talked about. Like I was expecting my period right and I thought I had my period because I bled but it was like very distinct blood like it was like normal blood but it was so little and like I usually bleed like I don't want to say heavy but like regular I bleed I bleed regular right mm -hmm. so when I, I bled very little and then nothing came out like hours later nothing came out days later I told my mom I was like mom I bled for like a second that's what I said and I was and then she was like oh, you're pregnant She was like, that's what happened to me when I got pregnant with you. Like, you have, like, this little bit of blood, and that's it, right? It's like your fake period or something. And she's like, mm -hmm. you need to take a pregnancy test. Wait, but you, so, were you did, did your mom know you were trying to get pregnant? Did people know? She did. My mom was aware. My mom okay. was aware, and she kept praying. She was like, don't worry. It's going to happen. We just need to pray. My mom is such a freaking praying Question, woman. Though. Question. Huh? Question. Yeah. So before you are trying to get pregnant and then trying to get pregnant were you guys on birth control were you guys I've on... never been on birth control in my entire life okay I feel like I take so much medicine you know for rheumatoid arthritis and for yeah. bipolar that I didn't want to add more to what so I already how, have so to how take did you prevent from having um oh god let's see Jesus doesn't kill me um <laughs> God, I'm scared to say it out loud. Can you just say it and then I say yes or no? <laughs> Let's see. Destin and I used the pull-out method and it's worked for many years. Yes, likewise. Um, yes, definitely. Um, but I, I have heard so many stories of when it doesn't work for people. But Me I also too. Think, I, have, I also think that things are meant to be when they're meant to be. So whenever it was a year and three months of me and Jesus trying, we obviously were not doing that anymore. And, okay, hold on, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to ask you this because I don't know. It might be TMI. We might have to edit it out. Okay. Um, when, when Jesus did not have to be so cautious anymore, did he enjoy that more? Because like I feel like um, we both enjoyed it because it was like less messy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, I'm gonna edit that out. No, it's fine. I think it'll be fine. Okay, um, hold on, but, second but, question. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, whenever you told people that you were trying, were you ever like, oh my God, they know we're, we're having sex all the time. Like my mom knows I'm having sex all the time. No, I never thought about that. I, <laughs> I really didn't. And I just remember like that we never figured out what was the, the moment we actually conceived. 
because oh, we were having sex frequently. So it was like, we, we don't know exactly what moment was when it happened. We joke around sometimes because, um, let's see if I don't get in trouble for this one, but we joke around sometimes <laughs> because my friend Lucia, who's from Slovakia, she had a friend who told, who kept telling her how to get pregnant because she's she wasn't even trying to get pregnant, but this woman insisted that she get pregnant. And she was like, you just need to put your legs in the air. And if you put your legs in the air, it's how it happens. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if that's true. Like, I still don't know if that's true. But I just did know you do that, that. I mean, we did a couple times, but I can't tell you if that's when it happened. <laughs> well, if we ever do try to get pregnant, I'm going to come to you for to see what all you used. Um, I mean, it was very the natural method, I think. Um, but what was I gonna say? Um, but yes, yeah, so, so we didn't we didn't get our plan right. So when um, Jesus was in a training in Florida, I remember taking a pregnancy test with my sister, and then I just couldn't believe I was pregnant. I didn't even do like a cute way to tell Jesus he was pregnant because I was so shook. Because after trying for a year and three months, me and Jesus were starting to think that we couldn't have babies. Aww. We were starting to think that we were trying to like kind of accept the fact that maybe we weren't going to be parents Mm -hmm. and we were coming around to it because I was a little like really sad Jesus Mm -hmm. would always reassure me he would be he would always tell me like if we can't have kids like that doesn't bother me because you know I married you and Mm -hmm. I want to be with you and if that's not in the cards for us so that was that always made me feel really good you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because for some people that's like a deal breaker which I feel like it shouldn't be I feel like it's hard because like let's say let's say Jesus was the one who couldn't have kids and I could have had kids and we couldn't have kids and I was the one who wanted kids I would never leave my husband for that you know what I mean that's my yeah, that makes sense. yeah and there's no, alternative ways nowadays no that, like but if, it's very expensive it's very expensive it is very expensive but um I feel like like if it's something that you truly want then you make a savings for it and you do it you know what I mean no yeah that's very valid um, um, so how did you end up telling Jesus? I got on FaceTime and I was like, babe, and I pulled up like the little stick. You're crazy. And I, like, and I was just like, we're pregnant. And he's like, whoa. And then <laughs> he, he had just found out. Well, I, I, before we got pregnant, he asked me if he could go to Monterey to take a course. He he was like, he volunteered for it, basically. Mm-hmm. So he was in Florida for a training but he already knew that he, so I was pregnant and then he found out he got accepted to go to Monterey to take a course. So he was gone my whole pregnancy. Literally. Like How he was, was that Florida for, for the That was fucking terrible. I feel like that's why I was depressed pregnant because I was depressed pregnant. Like I had to get on another antidepressant. Previously I was on an antidepressant, but when I became pregnant in my third or second trimester, I had to get on the second antidepressant because I was so depressed. And that's how depressed I was with already one antidepressant. I can't imagine what I would have been like if I had no antidepressants because I was miserable. But Jesus being so, gone in California really made it tough for me because when you think about getting pregnant, you think about that your, your man's going to spoil you. You know what I mean? That you're going to be pampered. Oh. So whenever you were trying to get pregnant, I know you were taking prior um, pills for bipolar. Did you have to change any of those medicines to get pregnant? So, that's a really good question. But I actually changed my medicine be- be- like when I wanted, when I started wanting to get pregnant, my doctor changed my medicine. It actually put me in a manic episode because it took a while to, to adjust. Mm. And then I was good. So they did put me on a safe medicine for 
getting pregnant. That makes so sense. It was already like a year and whatever amount of time it took to get pregnant. I was a year and three months taking the right medication in case mm-hmm. I did get pregnant. So okay. yeah, I did things the right way. And then my arthritis medication changed as well because I have rheumatoid arthritis. And these are things that I was always like when I remember being in Mexico in the psych ward and the nurse, like for some reason when I was crazy in Mexico, like literally when I was during a manic episode, I kept thinking that I was pregnant over there. And then nurses had to take a pregnancy test on me because I kept telling the whole world I was pregnant, even though I wasn't pregnant. And they, then I remember specifically this nurse going, girl, look at yourself. You should never get pregnant. Like, do you actually think that you should have babies? But here we are now. Um, and you're a great I, mom. Yes. And I have a child and it's called medication. It's called, you just have to find what works for you. And I'm not, and I get it. Like, I think some people might judge me and be like, oh my God, you're bipolar. You shouldn't be reproducing. But yes, there's a chance that Liana could be bipolar, but there's also a big chance that she won't. Like my mm-hmm. dad's sister, who's bipolar. She has five kids and none of her kids are bipolar. Mm. So what was the hardest part about being pregnant? Um, depression. And the first trimester, I was sleeping like crazy. Like I would literally just wake up, go to work, go get home, go to sleep and wake up to eat and then go back to sleep. Like I was sleeping like like crazy amount of time. The whole third trimester, I was throwing up. I mean, the first trimester, I'm so sorry. And then the first trimester, I was throwing up. Then the second trimester was a little bit better. Like, I felt a little bit better, so it was fine. But then the third trimester was hell. It was, like, completely hell. I was so big, and I couldn't get comfortable, like, no matter what I did. And mm-hmm. then towards the end, it was, like, I couldn't even sit and be comfortable. I couldn't lay down and be comfortable. I didn't want to walk. and lost all my energy. And I'm a working out girl. You know, I rode the Peloton until I was five months pregnant. But mm-hmm. after five months, so month, month six, seven, eight, and nine, and you're really pregnant for 10 months. I don't know why they say nine. But those last months, I didn't do exercise. The only exercise I did was walk my dog. That was Sorry. it. And thank God I had a dog because if I didn't have a dog, I wouldn't have even walked. <laughs> so I know you said that Jesus was gone a lot of the time. Um, what Did you guys have sex while you were pregnant? No, I was so anti-horny. Like, I don't know what's the word. <laughs> like, like, no. Like, sex was repulsive to me. You're like, don't even look at me. Yes, I, like, I didn't want to do it. Like, I felt like, uh, I know the opposite happens to some people and they become very horny, but that was not the case for me. Like, I was just like, uh, get up. Like, so he wasn't even near me. So, luckily... That was the one good thing about him being away that I didn't have to deal with if he would have wanted some because I was um. not I was not willing to put out. <laughs> <laughs> How was it for you seeing your body change? Oh my god, I remember like I got stretch marks in like the second trimester and I couldn't believe it and I was just like shook. But I will say this, Marisol, I didn't take good care of myself with doing the coconut oil and all that stuff. Like I would do it like once a week instead of every day. Mhm. Um, but it hurt. And like now looking at my stomach now, it's like very, like, I can't like, I, you know, I weigh finally what I used to weigh before getting pregnant. Like I'm down to my weight and my jeans fit me again, but I have like this little pouch. It's so nasty (laughs) to me because, because it's, it's just something that I haven't gotten used to, but Mm -hmm. March 8th, I'm getting thermage. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. 
not on the podcast. So tell us what so, it is. So it's I I don't I, I don't want to say it incorrectly. So let me like pull it up real quick. But it's to tighten your skin. Um, but I can give you a quick definition. Um, but I, I hope that it makes a difference. And if it does, I'll be happy because I've paid for it. But if it doesn't, it says it can help smooth and tighten and contour skin for an overall young look, younger looking appearance. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. My stomach looks old. <laughs> like the skin is loose. You know how like when old people get like loose skin on their face? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like my stomach is frowning. <laughs> no. Like, and just- honestly, like the reason why I ask is because I feel like I've seen like some women talk about that, how they miss like how they used to look. They miss like their old self. Like, is there a part of you that like not just like misses like the who you were before you were pregnant but like like yeah like no I miss my old body I miss how like my clothes would fit me I miss like that I could wear crop tops at some points of my life mm-hmm. like right and like and wear a two-piece bathing suit right now you won't catch me dead in a two-piece bathing, like anywhere like you'd have to pay me millions of dollars to put on a two-piece bathing suit uh-huh. seriously but and I'm if, asking you know, that like genuine question just because I feel that like I don't know like I'm not a mother yet I've never been pregnant and I think those are things but that it doesn't I happen wonder. to everyone Marisol like it's very mm-hmm. it has to do with genetics like okay. I have people in my family who had kids and they look exactly the same afterwards like look at my mom like you see my mom mm-hmm. she looks good like her body and I'm pretty sure when Amy if she, if she ever has kids she's gonna bounce back like my mom you know what I think sucks though is that I think there's a lot of pressure on women to bounce back. I think oh, for sure. I do ask that question just from like, I guess like if it was just me and you talking, just because I would want to know, you know. No, for sure. And I had a little bit of hope that when I had my baby, I was gonna bounce back. I was like, I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna eat healthy. And I have, in a way, bounced back because after I gave birth, I was a literal whale. Like, I was really big. And there's, like, videos to prove it. I took no before pictures because I didn't want to see those pictures of me. So mm-hmm. there's no pictures of me, like, right after giving birth. I, 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 I could, like, I remember being in the hospital and going to the bathroom and finally seeing myself after the C-section and walking to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I cried, Marisol. I legit cried. And I was like, what the fuck have I done? And Jesus kept being like, oh, my God, Nancy, you just had a baby. Like, please, please, please give yourself grace. Yes. But I cried because I just couldn't believe it. It's like you're in shock when you see your body afterwards. And I don't think people talk about that, you know? No, but, like, like, you're you're so swollen. Like, I never knew that that's how swollen you could be. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take it back a little bit. Okay, so you were pregnant. You were... Um, alone while you were pregnant. So let's talk about you actually giving birth. So you said it was a C-section? It was a C-section, but I was induced. So I was 40 weeks pregnant and one day, like I, w- I went to the doctor on my 40 weeks, like on the f- day I turned 40 weeks. And I told the doctor, I was like, Dr. Gresham, you have to get this baby out of me. Like I am so miserable. <laughs> I was like, please just give me a C-section. And he's like, you know, I can't do that, right? Like, legally, I can't just do that. And I was like, but I know she's not going to come out naturally. Like, that's what I told the doctor. I was like, I know she's not. Like, because I wasn't like, you know, how you're supposed to get, like, start dilating. And you also have something. I don't remember the what it's called, but you'll know if you're, like, 
cervix breaks a little bit because you'll have something in your underwear or something. Mm-hmm. What is that called? Do you I know what I'm talking about? I have no um, idea. <laughs> let me see. Cervix breaks during pregnancy. Um, I forgot what it's called, but no, I don't know if that's that. But something happens where, like, you have a sign that you're about to, like, you know, start dilating. And it doesn't happen to everyone. It's almost mm-hmm. like, I want to call it, like, vagina boogers, but I don't know. Um, it never happened to me, though, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. It's something membrane, maybe. Yeah. But it, ne- it didn't happen to me. So I, I told the doctor, I was like, I don't have any signs. And he's like, well, let me check you. And he 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 was like, I'm going to sweep your membrane. And that's when, like, they put their finger in you and they do it so hard, Marisol, that they basically are, like, trying to break through. You know what I mean? Like, he puts his finger inside of your vagina? Yes. Was that weird for you? No, because I was willing to do anything to get the baby out of me. Like, I was just just like... Is it just you and him in the room? And he, like, I don't know. I find that so. Yeah, it's crazy. just me and him in the room. And like, I think he shoved up like maybe three fingers because I, I, because re- it's called a membrane sweep, sweep. Let me see what it says. Oh my God. Was, that sounds so painful. It says membrane sweeping is a mechanical technique where a clinician inserts one or two fingers in the cervix using a continuous circular sweeping motion, detaches the inferior pole of the membranes from the lower uterian segment. See, I told you it's like several fingers and they go as deep as they can, Marisol. And they like sometimes they can touch the baby's head. Oh my gosh. Marisol, it is painful. But at the same time, I was so scared because I had read about it and read about it. And I already knew that when I was 40 weeks pregnant and nothing was happening to my body, I was like, he's going to do a membrane sweep. He's going to do a membrane sweep and it's going to hurt. So I went in there already like freaking the fuck out. And he did. He was. I remember him going. I can't give you a, um, a C-section, but I'm gonna do a membrane sweep, and it's gonna start. It's gonna start you up. So he did the membrane sweep, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, you're one centimeter dilated." So sometimes it can like really just like happen. Mm-hmm. They say that like within 48 hours, you can tell if the membrane sweep helped. And and then I remember he was like, "Okay, so go get some food and pack your bag because you're going to the hospital." And you knew then that you were going to get a C-section. I didn't know then. Nope. So then I packed my bag. Jesus took me. He was like, where do you want to go eat? And I was like, I just want to eat somewhere near the hospital because I need this baby out of me. So I was like in a rush to get the baby out of me. I should have taken my time and gone to eat somewhere good because instead I had the most horrible Zaxby's I've ever had in my life. I love Zaxby's. But that was the worst Zaxby's ever I've ever had. I like Zaxby's, but it was just a bad it was a bad day at Zaxby's, okay? <laughs> they, like, burnt my toast and my chicken was all messed up. <laughs> so I I remember going to, like, sitting there with Jesus and going, wow, this is our last meal without having a baby sitting next to us. And he was like, yeah. It's so <laughs> crazy. And then we went to the hospital. And that's when I found out that I was getting induced. Um, so when you get induced, it's when they provoke your labor. Mm-hmm. And there's stages to being induced, but and they're trying to provoke you to have a vaginal. Yes, they're trying to okay. provoke you to have a vaginal. So the first thing is, I got there, and they were like, "You're one centimeter um, dilated," and then they try to soften your cervix. And I can't remember what medicine they gave me to soften my cervix, but it was something. I wish I could remember the name of it. 
but then they, they gave that to me. And if it works, you'll start opening up. And I remember I did. I opened up to three. And Marisol, I thought that I was not going to open up because my mom had three C-sections and she never opened up. Like she just would not dilate. My mom does not dilate. Okay, question. Mm-hmm. And this is, I've, I've had pap smears before and I know it can't relate, but I always like, I'm like, I'm always like aware of people looking at your vagina, right? Did, were you ever like, I know you're like, that's the last thing on your mind, but again, I have no kids, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Were you ever like, oh my gosh, all these people are like straight up just looking at my vagina. When you are there and you want the baby out of you, you do not care. But at one point I was like, I I remember at one point all the nurses were just down there and I was just like, this is crazy. And my sister was in the room with me, by the way. Did she see your vagina? Um, I kind of think she did. That's a good question. I would like to ask her that. I don't think I ever asked her, but she was right down there. So I feel like she did. Did you shave? Um, I, I, I think I trimmed. Okay. But it was very hard to trim with a big stomach. I can't remember how I did it. And I was, oh, but then I remember they, um, they got a razor and they shaved me more. (laughs) Because you didn't do enough. Marisol, can you imagine shaving with a big stomach? No. You can't see your vagina. You would literally I, I would kill yourself. I would make Dustin do it. Well, I couldn't get. But, but why did they shave you more? Me. Did you not? Did you not trim enough? No, I I think I did a good job. I think they just needed more. I don't know. I couldn't really see it to tell you the truth. But I feel like this is these are good questions for like especially young girls who are like out there having sex. This is the things that will happen know. to you. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> For sure. Um, but, um, so they gave me a drug and then they gave me, um, let me not pronounce it incorrectly, right? Dilaudid is 10 times stronger than morphine. Mm-hmm. So you've heard about morphine, right? Yes. So like whenever like you get surgery, they might give you morphine, but Dilaudid is like way stronger. And they gave me that and I got high. So I'm in the delivery room and I'm high, high as a kite. And I remember, I don't know like why, a, but I kept... Like a high when you get, like, when you smoke weed, like that kind yes. of... Yes, I was so high. Like, I was like, I, I was like, Jesus, the bed is floating. I was like, I'm so sorry. And I don't know why, but at this high, I had to apologize to Jesus a million times because I just kept going, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry. And he kept going, is there something that you did? Like, why are you sorry? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm so sorry. And, and that was my high. And I was on... um diluted i hope i'm saying that right dilaudid i said it wrong damn it dilaudid anyways um so that was that and then they gave me pitocin and have you heard of pitocin marisol i have not okay so everybody who's had a baby has been induced has heard of pitocin so pitocin is this like crazy pit this crazy drug that will induce your labor and it hurts. That's like the one that they everybody says that if you have natural labor, it's painful. But if you get induced by Pitocin, it's like 10 times worse. Oh my gosh. So I, at that point, am having like really, really, really strong contractions. And I feel like I'm at this point, like dilated to five, but you have to get to 10, right? So I'm still not there. And Pitocin, I'm high. And then the highness goes away and I'm just in pain. And I just remember screaming and like just being in so much pain. And then finally, like, I was like, can I please just get the epidural? 
and they come and they give me the epidural and Jesus, a lot of people told me that their husbands are asked to leave the room when they give the epidural. Jesus stayed in the room and he, he freaked out when he saw the needle. Like mm-hmm. the doctor was like, are you okay, sir? And he had to sit down, Marisol, because he couldn't believe that that's where they, they were going to put in my back. Like that's it's a crazy, crazy needle. I'm going to have to Google that. And you know what else, Marisol? I don't think I told you this, but when you are in so much pain, I didn't know what your body could do when you're in so much pain. I was in so much pain that I was shaking, like shaking, Mm -hmm. like shivering from the pain. Even though you were on drugs? Yes, I was shaking and shivering. And like that point, Jesus was kind of looking scared because I think he was like, oh my God, she's shaking from pain. Like she must be in pain. Mm -hmm. Because before when everything is kind of normal, you're kind of like, okay, this isn't that bad. But when Mm -hmm. I was shaking in pain, it was scary because then they had to put this needle in my back. And have you ever heard that if you move, like it's bad news if you move while they put that needle? No, I heard it's really bad that it can fuck you up. So when I was shaking, the the anesthesiologist was really like, you have to stop. You have to control your shaking. And they like held me and they put it in. But I didn't feel a thing. Like I felt nothing. Mm -hmm. And they, they put it in. And then Marisol, I was amazing. But I could no longer feel my legs. That's the crazy part. Like, I couldn't feel my waist down. I just felt relief. But question, why did, like, why did you, like, wait so long to get the epidural? Like, is it something you have to ask for? Or is it yeah, something you they just give you? Yeah, you have to ask for it. And I think I had tried one time, but they told me it was too early. And they kind of mm. want to wait till the last second so that they don't have to do it again. That makes sense. Um, So... And they also give you like this little button where you can press for more um, Dilaudid, I think, or some drug. I can't remember what drug. Also, in my birth, it was like 30 hours. Mm-hmm. So, That's so a this long whole, time. Yes, I was in there for like 30 hours. Like I got there on a Friday afternoon or evening and I let and the baby wasn't born till 9 a.m. the next nine in the night the next day. Mm. Um. But what else do I want to tell you? So I was shaking. They gave me the epidural. Jesus about passed that when he saw it. And then finally, I'm opening all the way up to 10. So I finally open up to 10, right? So the nurses say I can start pushing. So I start pushing and pushing and pushing. And they're telling me that I'm doing a great job and that, you know, that everything's going to be good. So you when know what pushing, happens, right? When you, hold on. When you're pushing, can you, like, do you feel yourself pushing or you just assume that you're pushing because you can't feel it I assume that I'm pushing because I can't feel it but at the same time I'm pushing so hard that I feel like my eyes are gonna pop out of my head so I'm like if I if this mm-hmm. is, isn't right like then then what is life yeah and um I did I just shit myself I did did you smell it how did you know um because I think my sister just said something or I don't really know how it happened, but I was like, oh, my God, did I shit myself? And they were like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I was like, Amy, did I shit myself? And she was like, yes. Did you see it? No, I didn't get to see it. No, did Amy see it? Did anybody, did Amy or I think Amy saw it. I think Amy saw it. That's crazy. My sister's 20 years younger than me. Can you believe she was there for this, though? She's a real one. Like, I feel like if she ever has a baby, I have to be there for her because she, she used to joke around and say she was the dad of Liana because, you know, Jesus was gone for the whole pregnancy. And she basically had to get me all my antojos. Like, I remember being at work and being like, sister, will you bring me chicken fingers? Will you bring me Chick-fil-A? Uh, <laughs> and then when she would get off work, she used to work at um, Poblano's and Evans. Mm-hmm. She used to bring me cheese dip every night. So Liana was made out of a lot of Chick-fil-A and cheese dip. 
<laughs> I was gonna say I I feel like the only person that I could handle seeing all of that would be Destin. I feel yeah, like I I I wanted my sister there though because she was literally there for the whole pregnancy. Like it felt wrong to like exclude her from the big moment. No, no, I feel that. No, I I feel like I would I would do the same thing. But then finally, after pushing for two and a half hours, the doctor comes in. And he goes, like, he goes, okay, Nancy, look at the monitor. And the monitor is, like, beeping like crazy. And he's like, beep, 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 beep. He's like, the baby's heart can't take it. This is the C-section. And I just remember mm-hmm. going, what? Like, I opened all the way to 10. Like, I didn't think that I could open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I thought, when I finally found out that I opened to 10, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a ba- vaginal birth. Like, I never thought I was going to have a vaginal birth. Like, even when I was pregnant, I always thought I was going to have a C-section. Probably because my mom has had three c-sections so when um he told me that i cried like i remember just crying and jesus being like it's gonna be okay nancy it's gonna be okay and then you know they prep the or and i go in there and they're like okay are you ready and i'm like no i'm not ready like where's my husband i was like he's not even in here and i was so high on drugs that he goes i'm right here and he was right beside me marisol he was right beside me the whole time and i was like what the fuck like he was here the whole time and and then I don't know, and then it happened so fast because can you believe you're awake while they're cutting you? I, I have heard about that. <laughs> so when they when and it happened like literally like in ten minutes. Like I remember, like I heard the cry. They put her on your chest, and then everything's okay. And then you're like, and then I could breathe, and then I felt depression immediately leave my body because I was so fucked up during that pregnancy. And then afterwards, I was just like relieved. And I remember that Jesus. Um, well, afterwards, they I didn't get to see Liana after they put her on my chest because she had to go to the NICU. Mm-hmm. She was in the NICU for three days, and I had had a C-section. And I remember I couldn't walk because of the C-section, but I would force myself to walk to go to the NICU to go see her. And the NICU was such a sad little place. There was, like, really young parents in there, Marisol, with really, really, really tiny, tiny, tiny premature babies. But why was Liana in there? Was she preemie? Oh, she w- she wasn't a preemie. No, no, no. She was in there because when she when she was being born, she swallowed the um the fluid, and mm. you're not supposed to swallow the fluid. Like it's really bad for you. Gotcha. So they had to like, I don't know, have her throw up and stuff to get it out. But they had to do it in the NICU, and she wouldn't eat either. And another crazy story about me is that I never got breast milk. So I was in the hospital trying to like have her latch onto my boobs. Mm-hmm. And I like to think I have big boobs, but they're all for nothing because they they don't have milk. Like I remember the nurses kept having me pump and pump and pump and like my nipples were getting all toasted and like bleeding and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like they finally let me quit like on the fourth day or something. I think I was there three days. So maybe not the fourth, maybe the third day they let me quit. And they're like, well, when you get home, keep pumping because your milk is going to come. Your milk is going to come. Yeah, my milk never came. And um, the doctor afterwards told me that uh, he thinks it's due to my bipolar medication. Mm. So I never get to experience breastfeeding. Was that hard for you? Because I I worked at a preschool. No. It's hard for some women who can't, you know, do that. I don't know what that's like, Marisol, because I was so happy because I heard such horror stories of, of breastfeeding, of how hard it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to mm-hmm. always be pumping and pumping. And I was so relieved because I was like, God knows exactly what he's doing because I feel like that would have made me sad to be pumping yeah. and stuff. So I never got milk. 
and my baby's a formula baby and I love her for being a formula baby because thank god there's formula and I think about sometimes like if I would have been born in like some other time period and like in the wilderness like a cave woman or something I would have died at birth probably or my baby would have died and my baby wouldn't have survived because I couldn't give her milk and thank god I'm born when I was born and there's technology and all these things no yes Okay, but question, when she was born and, you know, everybody, all parents say that when, or I don't know, in the movies or whatever, that when you see your baby for the first time, it's like love at first sight. Did you feel that? I did. I did. I did. I did. But but you I barely know the baby. What do you mean? I, I'm just kidding. I don't, no, no. It's hard to explain because um, I was, when I was pregnant, I was scared that I wasn't going to love her. And I know that sounds crazy, but I was. I was scared to be a mom. I was scared that I was going to do it all wrong. And I think this is why I was depressed because I had all these thoughts in my head. I was scared to be a mom, scared I wouldn't be a good mom, scared that I wasn't going to love my baby because I was scared I was going to have a little bit of resentment Mm -hmm. because my life was changing. And, you know, me and Jesus traveled a lot before having Liana. So it was definitely adjusting, but we did it. Now we still kind of travel with the baby and we're trying to travel without her because we're trying to go somewhere without her too (laughs) but I think it's possible I really think it's just the way you choose to live your life yeah I think so but my my c-section the the worst thing about the c-section is how much you depend on your partner afterwards that's why I can't imagine if you're a single woman and you go through a c-section like how do you even do it like Jesus would have to walk me to the bathroom he would have to like wipe me he would have to help me shower it was the most vulnerable stage of my life like ever like and I didn't want like I didn't want my mom to do that like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I wanted to used to do it like which is crazy but that's like that's when you know they're your person I don't know how to explain it but I I, I don't know I wasn't embarrassed with him like I just needed him did it make you feel closer to him during those times it did but it also made me feel so helpless like I because I, I felt like a burden to him he kept telling me like that I wasn't, but I don't know. And then after I had the baby, we were together two weeks and then he had to leave to DC or Virginia. Mm-hmm. So then I was alone again and I had to move into my mom's house. And then I had, you know, my mom and my sister help me with the baby for a month. And now the hardest thing about having Liana is not having anybody here to help me with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. How is that now that now that you guys don't live with family? Our family's not close by. It's hard because sometimes we want to do stuff and we can't because we don't have anyone to watch her. And like the other day, we did have a real date night, but we paid so much in babysitting that it hurt. And we were like, do we really want to do this again? (laughs) It's expensive. I babysit for families and I, they pay a lot of money. So Um, how has your relationship with Jesus changed since um, having a baby? Um, I thought things were going to be a lot more difficult, but honestly, it's been fine. I feel like we, we, we just adjusted so well. Like I definitely didn't have postpartum depression, but then again, that's why I got put on that antidepressant on my third trimester because my doctor was scared that I would get doc- um postpartum depression. So he mm-hmm. did it to prevent it because he already knew that I was depressed during my pregnancy. So he mm-hmm. really wanted me to not get postpartum depression and thank God for him because I didn't, I didn't get it. I don't, I feel for those people because I have friends who have told me about it and it does not sound fun because you already have so much going on with the baby, you know what I mean? And so much change that mm-hmm. I can't imagine mentally not being okay. But I was so happy. Like I remember being pregnant and everybody telling me, 
you're going to want that baby to be inside you whenever you have her outside of you. Like they were like, te vas a, te vas a, te vas a querer que la bebe esté dentro de ti. But ever since I had her out, I was way happier than when she was inside me. And you know how like people are like, oh, the, the kicks are so beautiful. For me, the kicks were so painful. She kicked me so hard. I would hate when she would kick. I would just want her to be still because the kicks hurt so bad. Oh my gosh. I, I never I've heard never anyone heard that. say that. I have never I know. heard that. Everybody's like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I don't know if I'm the weird one or if everybody's just lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious because I've never heard anybody say that it hurts. So how is motherhood? Now that you have a baby and you're a whole mother, what is motherhood like for you? I think it's so beautiful and like there's nothing to compare it to like it's just this love that's like endless and that everything that baby does you just you're just so proud of them like the like Liana started crawling crawling like two weeks ago or maybe a week ago actually and I was just like amazed and sometimes she'll just like smile and I'm amazed and like it's just like all these little moments are so magical and I wouldn't have it any other way. Motherhood has been good to me. I feel like it's made me a better person. And I, it always feels nice because Jesus always tells me that I'm a great mom. And it's nice to hear. Oh, How do you think Jesus is, uh, I guess, how's fatherhood for Jesus in your, from your eyes? Um, I think for him, it's a difficult time that we had a baby because he's so busy with school. You know, mm-hmm. like he's in a medical program and he's so, so busy and he helps when he can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, the responsibility is kind of left up more, left more to me. But whenever it's the weekend, he definitely helps me more. And during the week, he'll change like a diaper here and there. But it's definitely more on me because that's right now he's doing a sacrifice for our for our future you know what I mean like yeah going to school is something that's going to be good for Liana like sometimes we think about it and it's like Liana's going to be in kindergarten and she's going to be like my dad's a doctor like how crazy is that no for real and you guys again you guys are working for a better future for your family and I think it's hard now but you know the reward will pay off later yeah I hope that's exactly what happens but yes Pitocin is no joke that drug is harsh like that's like I like that that word I never forgot it like Pitocin like I'm traumatized mm-hmm. from it um <laughs> do you want any more kids I think it's hard because ever since I had Liana my hip has been hurting from the arthritis and I don't know if like my hips opening up for the birth messed my arthritis up so mm-hmm. I feel like right now I don't want any children but if I were to have another child, I would be like at 35 or 34, which is rather older. But that's what I would want. Like kind of like me, like the door is slightly cracked, not even thinking about it, but it's a possibility. Yeah. But like if I got pregnant, then I would just have the baby because I, 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 I don't want to have an abortion. <laughs> not personally. I feel like I can't handle it because like I love Liana and if like I couldn't do that I don't know which I know everybody has a lot of views on that maybe that can be a whole nother episode you understand your mom more now that you have a baby I do I do feel like I understand that like Liana could do no wrong you know what I mean 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever she gets sick, you are worried. It's kind of like how my mom used to be like, I, 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 would, I couldn't go to sleep until you were home. And I feel like it makes more sense now. So just know Pitocin hurts, getting induced hurts. C-section recovery was painful, but, but I also feel like I bounced back. Like as in like after two weeks of the C-section, I was walking everywhere. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about really fast. Marisol, you know, what was annoying. My mom telling me that I had to do a quarantena. Did you ever hear of that? I don't know what that is. That's when you like 40 days after having a baby, you stay home and everybody like takes care of you and feet and like you like really take care of your body and you don't do like anything. a quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quarantine. 40 Why? days because that's the Mexican traditional way. Like I'm about to Google it and see if it's on here. Quarantena after baby. So then what? After the 40 days, you're all great and you, you yeah. see the light of day. Yep. What is the rule? 40 Following birth, many cultures prescribe 30 to 40 day period of rest and recovery with the woman and her newborn surrounded and supported by family and community members. My mom wanted me to stay home for 40 days, Marisol, and that was horrible because we fought about it. I was like, I can't stay home for 40 days because I'll go crazy. Like, I've been home basically for nine months because when when I was pregnant, I didn't want to go anywhere. So as soon as the baby popped out, I was ready to hit the streets. You know, Jesus had to bring me a margarita to the hospital. He brought your margarita to the hospital? He had to because I had been craving a margarita my entire pregnancy. So the moment she popped out of me, I, I had a margarita. That's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, cuarentena, I don't know. If y'all do it, you know, props to you, but I can't, I couldn't because that's a I, long I just, time. I was ready to get out of there. I was like, I get the recovery, I get the resting, but that's a long time. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious who does the cuarentena. I know hopefully we have some moms listening and hopefully if you're a young one out there and listening, I hope you learn some stuff. So, you know, um, you can get pregnant and be careful if you're not ready to be a mom yet. And if you are, well, there you go. This is what you're in store for if you have to be induced. And anyone who's listening, please Follow us on Spotify, follow us on Instagram, and we really want to hear from you guys. And please share our podcast to your friends and family because we really want the audience to grow. Yes. And I will say I am now more terrified of actually giving birth. Thanks to the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, especially, you know, sometimes I think, um, Wendy mentioned is that her, the nurses were really awful to her in her first birth. So I feel that it's just a very traumatic experience. And I think you need all the support you can get. My nurses but... were great. And just to tell you, you know how Wendy just had a baby? Mm-hmm. She said her nurses were fabulous this time. She, I did talk to her. She did tell me that. And I think that's so important, especially when you're going through yeah. something so traumatic. Um, yes. So shout out to the nurses. My friend here is a um, delivery nurse. Anyways, thank you guys for listening and we will see you next episode. Have a great night.